Well, good morning and welcome. It's good to see each of you uh, out this morning on a beautiful Lord's Day. Uh, if you're visiting with us for the first time, welcome. We're glad you're here. And here at East LJ Baptist Church, we've been captivated by Christ. We have seen in the Lord Jesus Christ the glory of God, His beauty, His grace, His mercy to us, given freely through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, His Son. And we cannot unsee his beauty, the glory we've seen. We uh, exist as a church to spread our enjoyment of God's glory and the beauty of Christ with our world. And it's our prayer that this morning you would see his beauty and join us uh, in being captivated by him as well. Special thanks this morning to David Messer for preaching the word last Sunday morning uh, in my absence. And so, David, appreciate you filling the pulpit and uh, bringing such a powerful word to us last week. We were, we were joining via live stream from Colorado, riding through the mountains out there, and uh, we appreciate, uh, appreciate that. I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we read from God's Word this morning. Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7 is where we'll be at the time of the message, and um, there we read these words. Acts chapter 6, verse 1. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing... The Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles whom, who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the Word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Today is a special day in the life of our church family, as we will be this morning ordaining three new deacons to serve the body of Christ here. And one of the key fruits of the deacons' ministry is that their practical service enables the church to stay Great Commission-focused. Uh, it allows us to keep uh, reaching out to our neighbors as well as the nations. Um, and so we're going to be praying in just a moment for your neighbors, those that you know that know Christ, need to know Christ. Uh, but we also want to pray for the nations. And this morning we want to pray for an unreached people group in Laos, uh, the Ear people. There's 6,200 of these folks. They live up in the mountains, very difficult area to get to. Uh, there's no evangelical witness among them. So we want to pray for God to penetrate uh, this people group with the gospel. Join me as we pray for our service as well as some other uh, health issues and grieving families uh, together this morning. Father, thank you for this day and that we are able this morning to be obedient to your word and the ordination of some new deacons and Father, thank you for establishing your church in such a way that uh, every single member has a ministry. And every member's ministry serves the body and the greater, the greater good. And ultimately, your glory 
and the advance of the gospel through the fulfillment of the Great Commission. Father, thank you for the ministry of deacons and that they enable us to stay Great Commission focused. Lord, I pray for each and every one here who knows you. I pray for their neighbors, whether that be uh, an actual neighbor, a co-worker, family member, friend, those that they know that need Jesus. Lord, make us each one bold witnesses with that person, that one that's on our mind even right now. But Father, we pray you'd raise up those that would go even to the ear people of Laos and uh, even our brothers and sisters in Christ and uh, in that country or our Vietnam this morning, Lord, that can penetrate their culture and reach them with the gospel of Jesus, that they might hear the wonderful news of your grace. And Lord, this morning we also just join our hearts together to pray for a number of folks. Lord, we pray for Trace Atkinson. We lift up the uh, Mike Stanfield and his family. We pray for the family of Matt Harris. Pray today for Carol Holbrooks and Sam Snyder. We praise you for answered prayer for Pat Shelton. We continue to lift up Charles Meadows. And, and Lord, we also pray for the family of Herman Aldridge. Lord, we lift up Lee McGargy and Brent Buffington. We pray for Karen Veer's Uncle Joe. Lord, all of these with uh, pretty intense health issues. Lord, we just pray for your healing. We pray for your touch. Pray for the family of Wade Quinn. Uh, Lord, we've listed several families this morning that are grieving, uh, and we just pray that you would strengthen uh, each and every one. Comfort them, Father. Thank you that you are the God of all comfort and the good and great shepherd of your sheep. And so, Father, I pray that you would uh, work in these situations. We pray, Lord, that now you would come, lead and guide us during this uh, special time today. Uh, I praise you for Larry Mullinax and uh, Adam Pulliam and Travis Green. I pray that this morning, Lord, they would be encouraged in Christ. And even as that's, uh, this ordination is happening, God, may Jesus be lifted high in this place. May he be worshipped and praised. May, Lord, you receive all the honor and glory and worship today of our hearts. Be with us now, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated, and I'm going to call on Wes Clampett to come and uh, introduce to you our deacon candidates and their wives this morning. Good morning. It's good to see each one of you here today. It is definitely a pleasure and honor for me to be able to introduce the uh, new candidates or the candidates for deacons. If you three, Larry and Adam and Travis, would go ahead and come forward with your wives, then uh, we will do the introductions. As they're doing that, let me just say that it's an honor for me yesterday to listen to these men and give their testimony. Of course, we all know them. Uh, those of us that are within the church and what great job they have done in the past years serving as uh, leaders in the church. But uh, we did have the unique opportunity yesterday evening to actually hear each of their testimonies and, and that was a blessing also. On behalf of the deacons, we present these men for the ordination and they were set aside several months ago. 
First of all, we have Larry Molex. If you stand up, Larry, and show it back. Uh, let me just say that uh, I'm not going to say a whole lot about each of these men, but maybe just one or two things. This is a man with a truly a servant's heart. If you've ever been around Larry much, you know that uh, he is all about serving the Lord and helping people. Uh, he teaches Sunday school, does a lot of different things, and uh, he does a lot of things around here that nobody knows about. He just shows up and disappears. And it's a blessing to have Larry, and it'll be a true blessing to have him serve as a deacon. Next of all, we have Travis Green. Travis and his wife, Julie. Go ahead and stand. And they have two daughters, Millie and Lily. And uh, uh, it's a true blessing to have these folks. They have been members of our church for a long time. And, uh, of course, Travis, you've seen him a lot lately as he's uh, helped or taken the forefront in uh, introducing the new technology within the church. He's Sunday school director, does other things. Uh, I think the one thing I'd say about Travis, he does truly have a desire to see the church grow. He has a vision and a desire for that, and him and his wife work together, and we're really glad to have them to join us. Thank you. And then we have Adam and Heather. And uh, they have Beverly and AJ. Not Be Beverly. <laughs> Brantley. Can't read my own writing here. Brantley and AJ. Brantley would not like me saying that if he is around. So sorry about that, Brantley. Uh, I've known Adam since he was a toddler. Uh, he's watched him grow and develop. Uh, he's developed into a fine young man. Uh, his mother, grandmother, sister, and their families are all here today. And I do appreciate seeing them. I've known them for a long time. They're back here. Uh, by the way, Travis's family's here also. I forgot to mention that. Uh, but uh, grew up uh, working and serving beside Adam's daddy. Uh, Sid Pulliam, who's now gone to be with the Lord, and uh, he'd be very proud of this day, knowing that his son is continuing the work in the ministry of the Lord and serving people. And that's probably one of the greatest things. I think Adam has a heart also to serve others, to help people. Uh, you know, he he has that gift, and he just has that desire within his heart, and it's truly honored. We're truly honored to have him and Heather join us uh, in serving the Lord together as deacons. Thank you. Thank you, Wes. Uh, join me as we um, pray uh, just for God's special anointing uh, on this service today. Father, we do invite your presence with us today. Father, thank you for... Um, the opportunity, the privilege, Lord, to uh, come before you, Lord, to bring these men before you, uh, to ordain them. Father, we just pray that you would just pour out your Holy Spirit on this service. Father, that you would just um, uh, flood our hearts, our lives, our minds. Uh, Father, our existence with your presence. Father, thank you for uh, the service of these men, Father, for their hearts. Um, I pray, God, that you would just uh, build a hedge of protection about them. 
Father, that you would guide them, that you would lead them. Father, that you'd expand their gospel ministry, Lord, and uh, all that they do, Father. Um, not for their names, not for their um, fame, Father, but for your glory and your glory only because you are worthy. Father, we just ask now that you would uh, bring us into a, a time of worship. Father, we would worship you today in spirit and in truth, Father, uh, giving glory to the risen and reigning Savior, Jesus Christ. And we pray in his name. Amen. We're glad you joined us this morning. Let's all stand together as we uh, worship together in song.
Father, we thank you today for the gospel that allows us to know with all of our hearts that the Lord Jesus has paid it all. How precious is the deep, deep love of God to us today, Lord. Father, we thank you for loving us so. Lord Jesus, thank you that you came freely and of your own accord laid your life down for us and then on that third day you took it up again and today Lord Jesus you reign over all things we praise you that we can make our boast in Christ and in Christ alone and today we do that nothing we will ever do nothing we have done gives us any standing before you only the righteousness and the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we praise you, Jesus, for who you are and that you are our all in all. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. And I pray that now by your word you would speak to all of us in the room. Father, I pray that you would especially speak to the three men before me today that you've raised up in our midst. And God, I pray that you would penetrate their hearts especially, along with all of us in leadership as well as every member of the church, God, we would see from your word how we can better follow after Jesus and serve the body of Christ all for the glory of God and for the joy of the nations in Jesus. Speak now, we pray. Be our teacher. We need you in these moments. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Will we be dismissed to Children's Church at this time? Yep. All right. Good deal. If you'll turn with me in your Bibles this morning to Acts chapter 6. We read there earlier. Acts chapter 6. We're looking at verses 1 through 7 together for uh, the charge to our deacon candidates today. As you're finding... 
Acts chapter 6. Let me tell you about this guy. His name is Bill. Not really. The story's real. The picture was, you know, Googled somewhere. Um, He has wild hair, wears a T-shirt with holes in it, jeans, and no shoes. This was literally his wardrobe for his entire four years of college, and he was kind of esoteric and, and yet very, very bright. He became a Christian while attending college. Well, right across the street from the campus of his college where he became a believer in Jesus is a church, the members of which are well-dressed and very conservative. They want to develop a ministry to the students at the college across the road, but they're not sure how to go about it. And so in the meantime, one day, Bill, this guy, decides to visit that church, and he walks in in his usual uniform, uh, wearing his jeans, T-shirt, wild hair, and no shoes. And he starts down the center aisle looking for a place to sit, but the church is completely packed, and he can't find a, a place. And so the members are looking a little bit uncomfortable, uh, all dressed in their Sunday best. But no one says anything, and, and Bill keeps walking down the center aisle looking for a seat, gets closer and closer to the pulpit. And when he realizes there are no seats, in his typical way, he just sits down, like, like right here, on the carpet, just on the floor. Well, by now, the members are really uptight. They're not really sure what's going on. There's tension filling the air. And from the back of the church, a deacon slowly makes his way toward Bill. This particular deacon is now in his 80s. He has silver gray hair. He's wearing a three-piece suit. Got a pocket watch. He's a very godly man. He's an elegant man. He's a very dignified and courtly man. And very slowly walking with a cane, he heads down that center aisle towards Bill. And and all the members are saying to themselves, you know, you really can't blame him for what he's fixing to do. I mean, did you see that guy come in? I mean, he don't have any shoes on. How can you expect a man of his age and background to understand a college kid like that? It takes a long time for the old deacon to get down the aisle. All eyes in the church are focused on him, including the preachers, and the church is absolutely silent. The preacher doesn't dare to begin his message at this point until that deacon does what he's got to do, and everybody knows what he's got to do. When the deacon reaches the front, the congregation watches. But instead, as they, as they expected it to happen, with great difficulty, this deacon lowers himself and sits down on the floor next to Bill so Bill won't be alone in church. When the minister gains control of himself, he says, What I'm about to preach, you will never remember. But what you've just seen, you will never forget. Such should be the heart and reputation of every deacon in every local church. Amen? I want to talk to you this morning in, uh, from Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. And this message is to all of you. I will be addressing these three men most directly this morning. But we want to talk this morning about the grace-enabled, grace-giving, gospel-focused ministry of deacons. And you may say, well, could you not come up with a longer title? No, I tried really hard, and that's about as good as I can do. But, but it's important. I want you to understand what the ministry of deacons is all about. It's a grace-enabled, grace-giving, gospel-focused ministry of deacons. And here's the take-home truth from our passage in Acts 6. The Spirit-empowered ministry of deacons is a major factor in the health and gospel growth 
of the body of Christ. Let me say that again. The Spirit-empowered ministry of deacons is a major factor in the health and gospel growth of the body of Christ. Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. Let's read it again. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic, that is Greek-speaking Jews among them, complained against the Hebraic or Hebrew-speaking Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Holy Spirit and of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and we'll give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, also Philip. Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. Don't miss that. There's a connection between verse 6, after the ordination of these deacons, and verses and verse 7. So, there's the connecting word. As a result of the establishment of the office of deacons, so the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests, imagine it, became obedient to the faith. The Spirit-empowered ministry of deacons is a major factor in the health and gospel growth of the body of Christ. Pastor Johnny Hunt said, serving as a deacon is not just a position to hold. It is a mission to fulfill and a work to be done. Amen? This text lays out for us five reasons that the church needs healthy, active, spirit-empowered deacons. First of all, notice with me in verse 1. The church needs deacons to handle church growth. It says that in those days when the number of disciples was increasing. This is after Pentecost. We know that at Pentecost, 3,000 came to Christ. We know that by Acts, uh, Acts chapter, uh, whatever chapter we're in here, Acts chapter 6, uh, it, it, had, it had, had blossomed. There was probably at this point perhaps as many as five to 10,000 members of the church there in Jerusalem. The church needs deacons to handle church growth in those days when the number of disciples was increasing. You see, growth in a church changes things. It just does. And it demands that we all change our ministry to ensure that all of our church family as it grows and expands and folks come in from other places is cared for. Amen? Hello? That'd be a good place for an amen. All right. The church needs deacons to handle church growth. The early church was experiencing the fulfillment of Jesus' prophetic words back in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, where Jesus told the, the disciples, he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Pentecost had happened. Jerusalem had, was being reached powerfully with the gospel, and the gospel was fixing to begin to expand out of that epicenter there in Jerusalem. Uh, Again, it had begun to spread into, into, into Samaria. That would happen just a couple chapters later in chapter 8. And so when the apostles in this situation, now with a, 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 a group of believers, probably several thousand large, 5,000 plus most likely at this time, when the apostles became overwhelmed by the needs of the body of Christ, they called on the church 
at large to add the ministry of deacon. God uses the ministry of deacons to allow a local church to grow in a healthy way so that the entire church is built up as it continues to reach out and grow and draw others in with the gospel. The church needs deacons to handle church growth. But secondly, in verse 1, the church needs deacons to protect church harmony. The church needs deacons to protect church harmony. Uh, The rest of verse 1 says that the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So it was just a regular thing. It was an understood thing that the widows of the church that were truly widows, that is, they had no family to care for them, the, the church took care of them as their own. And in this case, again, remember, several thousand people in this, in this local body of Christ, not all of whom spoke Hebrew, which would have been the native tongue of, for Jerusalem, but many spoke Greek and had, had moved in and, and, and come for, for, for Pentecost and perhaps stayed in the area. So there were Greek-speaking Jews. They would have come uh, from all over the then-known world uh, and just, just made Jerusalem their home after Pentecost. They met Jesus there, and they just set up camp. And the Hebrew-speaking Jews, local Jerusalem residents uh, who had come to faith in Christ through the church in Jerusalem. And so the issue at hand here is that there was some favoritism, apparently, toward the local widows, the ones who'd always been in Jerusalem, and, and, and some neglect of those widows who had come from other places and enjoined that church. Here's what you can know about the local church. Complaining will destroy the unity of the spirit of the body of Christ, and it will split a church family wide open. Amen? And that's what was going on. There was a complaining spirit. Why? Well, because there was, in fact, a neglect and a favoritism happening in this local church. The church needs deacons to protect church harmony. Thankfully, the apostles had the wisdom to immediately admit the problem and address it with a, with a solution, the creation of the ministry of deacons. You know, unity is high on God's priority list for his people. Jesus prayed in, uh, for, 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 for unity of his church while he was still here on earth. He prayed for you. He prayed for me. He prayed for our church. In John 17, verses 20 and 21, he said, My prayer is not for them alone, speaking of his 12 disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me. That is future through their message. How many believe in Jesus this morning? You trust him as your Savior. That means he's praying for you. I pray for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Father, I pray for their unity. It's a big deal. And you see, deacons, men, have a huge part to play in protecting church harmony. In all that you do as deacons, may you be, as it says in Ephesians 4, verse 3, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of of peace. The church needs deacons to handle church growth, but also to protect church harmony. Thirdly, in verses 2 and 3, the church needs deacons to provide for the needy. Verses 2 and 3, so the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you 
who are known to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, and we will turn this responsibility over to them. You know, what we see in Scripture is that God loves people more than anything. Aside from his own glory, he loves people. And the apostles realized how, many, how, how important this ministry to widows was. No matter their background, no matter their hometown, no matter where, what language they spoke, whether they lived there all their life or they'd come in recently, the apostles realized how important ministry to widows truly was in the life of the church. And so they made sure that their needs would be met through the creation of the deacon ministry. This truth of the importance of ministry to widows is echoed in James 1 verses, verse 27 where it says religion that, our God, that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless as this to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Now that verse and, and what we're seeing in this text applies to all of us, myself included. Amen? We're all called to live with that kind of true religion which is looking after orphans and widows. We're all called to prove our love to God, the Father, by how we love and serve people. However, the apostles and wise local church pastors realize that they cannot effectively and consistently serve all the needs of all the church members by themselves. And that's exactly why we have the office of deacon in the local church. It's exactly why here at East LJ we have a deacon family ministry where each deacon is given the personal responsibility for specific families in our church to regularly reach out to your family to make sure that all is well physically and spiritually with you that, so that we as a church are not unaware and unable to love you as we desire to do and are called to do. Deacons, the ministry of deacon, the church needs deacons to provide for the needy, specifically here, widows. James, by extension, talks about orphans, but, but you get the point to serve the needs of all the members of the church, be it physical or spiritual needs. Well, before we touch on the last two points, this is a good place to deal with the biblical qualifications of deacons. What kind of men must deacons be? What does the Bible tell us? James just told us that we must keep ourselves from being polluted by the world. That's what true religion looks like. The apostles told us in verse 3, Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. What kind of men must they be? These are the kind of men. They must be active dependence on the Holy Spirit. And the wisdom that he gives through the Word of God should be obvious in the lives of men we ordain as deacons. Also, Paul gives more specific details on what this will look like in a man's life. In 1 Timothy 3, verses 8 through 10, and also verse 12, it says, In the same way, deacons are to be worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine, and not pursuing dishonest gain. They must keep hold of the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. They must first be tested, and then if there is nothing against them, let them serve as deacons. In the same way, the women are to be worthy of respect, not malicious talkers, but temperate and trustworthy in everything. A deacon must be faithful to his wife and must manage his children and his household well. I'm here to testify to you today, even as Wes has already done on behalf of our leadership, that Larry Mullinax 
Adam Pulliam and Travis Green are all men full of the Spirit and wisdom and meat and are continuing to grow in these qualifications. The church needs deacons to provide for the, for, for the needy, but the church needs deacons like this, men like this, to serve the body of Christ. Fourthly this morning, the church needs deacons to prioritize ministry. The church needs deacons to prioritize ministry. Verse 2 and then the end of verse 3 and, and verse 4. It says there, the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to, ne- us to neglect, speaking of themselves, the twelve, the apostles of the church, to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Second part of verse 3 says, we will turn this responsibility over to them, that is the deacons, and we'll give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. The church needs deacons to prioritize ministry. There are a couple of foundational principles that we see here. First, we can never do alone what we can do together. Each member of the body of Christ has an active ministry. They are gifted and called to joyfully accomplish in the life of the church. That's true for each and every one of you, not just the deacons, these men up here and our other deacons. That's true for everybody in the church, amen? Every member is a minister. Every Every believer is a part of the body, and think of a physical body of Christ. You you remember the passages in Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12 that talk about the different members and how we all have a ministry. Uh, The eye can't say to the foot, I don't need you. The The foot can't say to the hand, I don't need you. We need each other because just like our physical body, we're all connected and we have a part to play. My big toe can't do what my index finger can do, amen? I mean, you ever tried that? Try that sometime. Thank God that people can adapt. I think of Johnny Erickson Tata, and, and it's amazing what she can do just by holding a pencil in her mouth. But, but, but the body is made to help each other. All the members work together. If a church member is not actively serving in some way, then that person is like a toe with gangrene. Now, that's a nasty picture, isn't it? It's supposed to be, by the way. You're not supposed to like the look. And you're supposed to avoid looking like a toe with gangrene. Everybody on the same page? If that's true of every church member, it's certainly true of us as leaders, deacons, servants. You see, a toe with gangrene is diseased, and it's rendered unhealthy and ineffective. And what often happens to a toe with gangrene? It ends up amputated. Second, the apostles made clear that their calling and focus, and now by extension, there are no more apostles, right? There were 12, and that was it. They were the foundation of the church. Their teaching, their their preaching laid the foundation for the church all throughout the ages, for all the 2,000-plus years since the time of the early church. The apostles made it clear that their calling and focus, focus, and now by extension, local church pastors, must remain the ministry of the Word in prayer. It was not that the apostles or today pastors were too good to serve tables or that such ministry was beneath them or somehow less than in terms of importance in the church. In fact, Scripture makes it clear caring for the needy is a vital ministry. And again, one of the two key fruits of true religion as James says it, that all of us should be engaging in. But had the apostles not created the ministry of deacons, again, 12 men 
with thousands that needed serving, then the advance of the Great Commission would have been dramatically slowed, if not perhaps come to a screeching halt, because there are only so many hours in a given day. And so under the direction of the Holy Spirit, the apostles cared for the widows by delegating the daily ministry to them, to deacons, so that they could focus on their specific calling while enabling other members of the body, namely these seven deacons that they set aside and ordained, to play a vital role in the ministry of the church. The people of God need to regularly hear the Word of God taught in the power of the Spirit of God by their pastor. And I'm blessed to serve here in a church where it was made clear from the very beginning Tim, even from the very beginning, uh, as I met with the pastor search committee back in 2013, that the leadership wanted me to be free to give myself first and foremost to the ministry of the Word and prayer. The church needs deacons to prioritize ministry so that that can be true of the pastor and so that the gospel can be kept front and center in our church and in our community. But fifthly and finally this morning, the church needs deacons from verse 7 to ensure gospel penetration. Listen to, again, what verse 7 says resulted from the establishment of the ministry of deacons. So, because we did this, because the apostles set up the ministry of deacons, so the word of God spread. This is a result of the establishment of the ministry of deacon. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. So don't miss this. The church needs deacons to ensure gospel penetration into our community and to the ends of the earth because of the ministry of deacons that enabled a ministry prioritized for the preaching of the gospel, the teaching of the Word of God, the word of God spread, the number of disciples multiplied, and a great number of even priests came to know Jesus. A church that functions according to God's wise design that includes a lively deacon family ministry will grow and flourish and impact its community and the world for Christ. The church needs deacons to ensure gospel penetration. You see, men, the Spirit-empowered ministry of deacons is a major factor in the health and gospel growth of the body of Christ. And this is a ministry to which God's called you. It's what He set you apart for these last months. It's what we're now fixing to ordain you into. And what a privilege it is. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. And as we pray, the worship team will come. Father, I thank you for the ministry of deacon that you established by your spirit through the local church there in Jerusalem. Thank you for the wisdom and beauty of the design of the body of Christ. God, I pray that you would, year in and year out, all into the future, for the future life of our church, Continue to bless us with the grace-enabled, grace-giving, gospel-focused ministry of deacons. Lord, I pray that each of the men before me this morning 
Lord, I pray it for myself. I pray it for our current deacons. That we would be spirit-empowered. And that because of these men's coming ministry, we would see our church grow in health. We would watch gospel growth happen in our community as we reach out with the truth more effectively because of the ministry of deacons. Father, I pray that right now you would encourage Larry and Adam and Travis's hearts with your word. I pray, Lord, that you'd encourage them with the reality that none of us can serve you apart from the power of the Holy Spirit, apart from the indwelling Jesus who lives in us and gives us the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. Power in which we can live holy lives, power in which we can serve and and, and, and lay our lives down for others and meet people's needs. Truly love them with the love of Christ. Father, thank you that we're not left alone to do this. Uh, that, that to which you call us, you equip us for it by your presence and, and by the power of your Spirit. We thank you for that. I pray these men would always rely on that power, on you, Lord Jesus, at work in them. And Father, I pray that many, perhaps even some in this room today or joining us via live stream, would be drawn and pointed to Jesus because of the lives and ministries of Larry and Adam and Travis in the days ahead. Father, prepare our hearts now, even as we worship you in song, for a special time of prayer over these men. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. We're going to sing together uh, as Jason leads us. And then after we finish that song, Tim Mosey's going to come and, and, and pray. And then uh, at that point, we're going to invite all of the ordained men uh, of the church. If you're attending here and you've been ordained in another church, sister church, maybe you're not a member yet, but uh, I know we've got Travis's father. There's others. You're welcome. Please join in as, as uh, fellow, fellow deacons to, to come and uh, pray over and lay hands on these men. And um, I'll come back after, uh, after Tim prays and we'll, we'll give some instructions to our candidates and we'll, we'll, get, we'll get, that, uh, get that going in just a few minutes. Let's sing together. Whoa! 
seated. You know, it's interesting how God puts services together and, and, and those two songs. You know, when we first came to Christ, men, we came just as we were, we needy and helpless, weak apart from Him. We came needing that amazing grace by which He saved us. Every day, we still need that amazing grace, amen? And you know, when we become servants in the church, as you become deacons, whether we're a pastor, a deacon, wherever we serve in the church, it's always the same. Every day is the same. We come as we are in desperate need of the grace of God only to find Jesus pouring out all the grace and help we need for every struggle we face, for every ministry he calls us to. And that's the hope that we have this morning. Even as, and the hope you can have, an encouragement for you as we come now to ordain you. I'm going to ask you and your wives to come kneel here in the altar. Tim, I'm going to ask you to come begin the time of prayer. Right after, and even as Tim is praying, ordained men, if you'll just come and, and follow me, I'll lead off as Tim uh, initiates this time of prayer. Um, and then we're just going to come down, and uh, if you've never been part of this, we're going to just come through and, and lay hands on uh, each of these men, pray over them and their wives. Um, and the rest of you as a church, be praying with us for these men, uh, for God's work in their lives, and um, just for him to, in a special way, speak to them as we, as we pray over them now. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come and we bow before you to pray for these men and their wives. And Lord, as we bring this prayer to you, Lord, we include their wives because the covenant of marriage to become one. And so it's a ministry, Lord, of the entire family. So, Lord, we pray for them. And first of all, Lord, I pray for the filling of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Because, Lord, without the Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. Our works are empty and fruitless and worthless if not done through the power of Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit that he has given us. And so, Lord, I pray for the Holy Spirit to be active in their lives, that they would never quench the Holy Spirit, but, Lord, that they would allow the Holy Spirit to sanctify their lives and their ministry, and that, Lord, you would bring great fruit to the ministry as they minister, Lord, to the local body, the church of Jesus Christ that you have privileged us all to be a part of. Lord, as we learned in Sunday school, we are stacked stones. We are part of the church of Jesus Christ, the holy, transcendent God who created us, and Lord, you have invited us by your grace to be a part of that. And I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit in these men's lives, Lord, as they begin their ministry to this church in this place where you have called them to work. And Lord, I pray secondly for boldness for them, Lord, as they proclaim your word and they work. Lord, it seemed like uh, in, in the sermon this morning that it's a humble ministry to serve at the tables, tables. And Lord, it is humble. And it's humbling to be called to serve for you. But Lord, one of those deacons was Stephen. And that prayer, that sermon he preached as they were stoning him to death. And a man named Saul watching as he stood by and saw Stephen ask for his forgiveness for what he was doing to Stephen. What a sermon he preached. So I pray for boldness for these men, Lord, to be able to speak when your Holy Spirit tells them to speak. Lord, for the good of your church, 
for the good of those you are calling according to your purpose. And I pray for courage because that boldness will take courage. And so, Lord, as you open doors for these men in this ministry, give them your courage to walk through it. And I pray, Lord, I pray, Lord, for their protection, for the protection of their families. Lord, we know you told us, you told us that because the world hated you, if we follow you, the world will hate us. So we expect that. But Lord, we also know that you love us. We are your children. You have adopted us into your family, given us the great privilege of not only having our sins forgiven, but of becoming members of your holy household, royal sons and daughters, a holy priesthood. So Lord, we pray for their protection as the world sometimes will mock. And in Stephen's case, they killed him. But he stood with courage proclaiming your name and praying for those who killed him. Lord, we don't see that often in this country, but others do. So we pray that, Lord, when they need courage, you'll give them courage. And we pray for your protection. And we pray, Lord, that your ministry will bring glory, that their ministry bring glory and honor to you. Because, Lord, you are the only one who deserves it. But, Lord, when we give it to you through our sacrifices of praise, as we learned in Sunday school this morning, even our praise is a sacrifice. But as we bring those sacrifices of praise to you, would you privilege us to get joy from it? And so, Lord, we pray these things for these men. We thank you that you have sent them to our place. We've recognized, Lord, the work your work within their lives already, their servant's heart, their teaching heart, their willingness, Lord, to, to put others first. And so that's why, uh, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, we believe that you have guided us to call these men and bring them to the ordained office, ordained by your word, of the office of deacon in this local church, in this local place. And we pray these things for these men, for your honor and for your glory. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.
Father, for this sweet time, we thank you and we praise you. Lord, thank you for this company of men that have come to encourage and exhort and challenge even in prayer. Adam and Travis and Larry. Father, I praise you for these men and I pray that you would now raise them up to serve in the power of your spirit. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Kyle, if you men will just remain right there to stand and turn. So after um, a time of setting aside, a time of examination, uh, a time of laying on the hands, uh, I would like to present to you our newest deacons to East LJ Baptist Church, Mr. Travis Green, Larry Mullinax, and Adam Pulliam. Uh, gentlemen, it's a, a journey. Um, I would tell you that the expectation is not for you to be perfect, um, so so don't don't think that way. But uh, it, it's a journey to honor God day by day. Uh, when you fall down, you get back up, and you rely on the power of the Holy Spirit to uh, continue that service and continue uh, that journey. We are honored to have you join us. Uh, we look forward. And have enjoyed your counsel and your wisdom already um, and continue to look how God's going to expand your ministry uh, and just in loving on the people of our church. So uh, I think Andy Bradshaw is going to close us in prayer. So Brother Andy. And all God's people said, amen. amen, amen. We praise God for you and are encouraged and excited about the ministry God has for you, man. Thank you all. Y'all may be seated for just a moment.
Just a couple of quick announcements before we dismiss. Um, Ladies Bible Study. There's one going on on Monday nights entitled The Voice of God by Priscilla Schreier. Meets out um, meets on Monday evenings from 5.30 to 7. And I believe we'll be, be meeting now in this building. And so 5.30 to 7 on Monday evenings. Missions Committee. We will be meeting on Tuesday at 6.30 here at the church. Tuesday, 6.30, Missions Committee meeting. Also, this Wednesday, uh, fall break is upon us. There will be no youth or children's ministry meetings here this Wednesday. Also, no see-for-yourself study, but Larry, your Bible study will be meeting. Larry Monax's Bible study will be meeting here at 6.30 on Wednesday. Also, uh, we have the opportunity as a church to serve a pregame meal for the Gilmer County um, the high school uh, football team. That's this Friday, October the 1st. It'll be between 2 and 3 p.m. If you're willing to help with that meal and or serve the meal, see Jacob Callahan for more details about that. Also, next Saturday morning uh, will be our monthly men's breakfast, Saturday, October the 2nd at 8 o'clock. And so look forward to a good time together as men next Saturday morning. Search committee, we will be meeting next Sunday morning at 8.30 here on next Sunday morning, so join us for that time. Also, next Sunday morning, we'll be celebrating the Lord's Supper together uh, during our worship hour. And then our cry out to Jesus prayer service is moving to Sunday evenings, beginning next Sunday evening at 6 o'clock. Not 6.30, 6 o'clock. So prayer service is on Sunday evening at 6 o'clock. Uh, next Sunday evening. Also, quarterly, our quarterly, next quarterly foreign missions offering will be on Sunday, October the 24th, giving you a little time to prepare for that as you pray about how God would have you give to reach the nations. Are there any other announcements that I've missed? If not, I'm going to ask you men and your wives to join me out here so the folks can uh, greet you on their, on their way out and you can greet them as well. Um, and then um, we will be dismissed. So let give us just a second. So we're going to get a head start on y'all and uh, get out the door and let y'all go ahead of me. I'll block the flow of traffic here. And then when we get out the door, y'all, y'all are turned loose. Thank you for being here and being part of our, this special day for these men and their families. <laughs>